Hey, good morning, motivators. What's happening? It's Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. It's 9.30 almost on the 12th, 13th, and the 12th of uh, March 2020. Had a little radio silence here for most of this week. It's flown by like most of them do. Just always running around busy like everybody else trying to fulfill obligations and uh, have a little fun along the way. Life is generally good. The family is healthy, happy. Got a panting dog in the rear seat. Run some errands here this morning before I head into the office in the PM. Got a full schedule. I don't have class this morning. No, uh, Gwinnett Mercy University instruction in anatomy because the university closed physically so that um, we could do some social distancing to try to thwart this uh, coronavirus, reduce the likelihood that people gathering in uh, large gatherings and spaces public spaces, private spaces, will um, either avoid or delay transmission of this coronavirus. It's almost tough. You almost got to choke that out when you say coronavirus because it's fucking everywhere. It's all over the friggin' news, radio, paper, internet, everywhere. And um, it's an interesting thing, you know, like most things in this world, maybe it's most things human, I mean, I don't want to narrow it down to Americans, but we sure are a scrappy lot, everything's got to be argued over, there's always got to be, you know, two diametrically opposed sides, well, I think that this isn't going to have any impact, and what is everybody uh, fretting about, and uh, the media is, you know, making this into a hysteria, and this is bullshit. Nothing's going to happen. It's no big deal. The other side of the argument, the side that I am largely on, is the rational side, but a concerned side. I'm not going to say worried, but uh, this certainly adds a lot of stress to our day. Just hearing about it, okay? um, fielding questions from children, patients. It's what they want to talk about. Hey, what's going on here? You know, told them I, you know, I have to talk about this with them. And my schedule is full. I got people coming in. I'm scrub-a-dub-dubbing with my hand washing. Uh, got hand sanitizer. We're spraying down all the surfaces, trying to keep the most sanitary environment we can. But you know, you can't scrub the world free of germs. They are everywhere. We've been dealing with this problem for a long time. As the president said last night, hate to quote that fucking load of shit who said this wasn't uh, anything to be concerned about. And it keeps talking about the economy, the economy. Listen, I'm a business, I'm a small businessman. I certainly want the economy to do well. I've got every reason for it to, uh, to want it to thrive and want business to go on as usual. And all things have been good. I've been a sole proprietor for 15 years. Survived that environment, which with its ups and downs, and I don't need another down. But you also have to consider 
the things that are going on in the world and the realities that are we're potentially faced with and the reality is that other parts of the world you can look at Italy right now and Europe and Asia from which this virus has spread originated supposedly from people eating bats in a market or some sort of animal in a market a lot of critters viruses bugs bacteria they have intermediate hosts like freaking bats and camels and so on and so forth and when we come into contact with um, with those animals they can spread these things and some Asian folk I guess like to eat fucking bats sounds ridiculous to you and I they probably find it delicious so in these other countries there's been quite a bit of fallout you know there's been there's been some deaths uh, I'm reading what seem to be credible reports of a 3% death rate of those that contract the virus, 3% aren't going to make it. Can shut it's a respiratory virus. It can shut down your breathing. It can. Uh, you got a lot of people with the same flu-like symptoms heading into hospitals. There's not enough beds. There's not enough rooms to intubate them. We got people in hallways. We got doctors and nurses, healthcare providers getting sick. So then, who's going to work on these people? So it can bog. It, it it might be hard for some to to conceptualize all this, but it's it's a concern. It's a concern. The stresses that it that it's going to place on our society, on our medical system, on our economy. Where does our supply chain come from, largely? Everybody, you know, we have fun you know, making fun of China because, oh, it's probably made in China, you know, but the majority of our things are made in China or India, you know, or somewhere over in Asia. And these are places near to where this virus um, has um, originated. And so, your medications, there could be a supply shortage. Uh, other products and services that are provided over there. there look, there's a, uh, have you seen the image of a satellite image of China before and after this virus took hold over there? It's a question to you. There's no, the, car, the emissions are far reduced. You can't see all these brown, smoky-looking emissions from all the manufacturing that takes place, all the smokestacks, all the creation of products over there in China. You can't see it during the period that they were uh, saddled with dealing with this virus. So it'll take, your, it'll take your eye off the prize. It'll divert your attention a little bit. The coronavirus will. So that could very well happen here and we're trying not to make that we're trying not to for that to be the case but we've already got some cases nearby people look uh, it's not like we uh, China is a world away uh, people fly in and out of Asia every day right? and now the administration has um, put a halt to that temporarily at least in terms of domestic travel um, human travel. Now, 
Relax, Mom, okay? Let me finish this podcast. So nobody can fly into Europe and I guess Asia for the next 30 days. There's not going to be a lot of traffic in those areas. Okay, stick your face out there. Take a deep breath. Um, yeah, so we're going to halt some uh, some travel plans. We're going to be watching things in the ports, but I seriously doubt we're going to be um, halting the uh, influx. Shut up! Sit down. Sit down. I seriously doubt there's going to be a halt to um, trade, you know. I mean, it's going to be impacted, certainly, but we're going to try to get those products in as, as often as we can, all the freaking hand sanitizers and paper products and things that we assume are made in America. They're not made in America. All right? Almost nothing is anymore, and that's a problem, too. But... Uh, it's an interesting time. You know, yesterday I had a great day at the office. It was Wednesday. Wednesdays usually kick my ass. And I was most certainly tired um, at the end of the day, but I made it through no problem. And everybody was chipper and all the patients showed up. And um, so if people are spooked, they're still out in society doing their stuff. However, as we hear more and more about school closures, I mean, I got the word about my university closing yesterday. And. Um, there's all kind of kids come home asking questions, and uh, my son said something to the effect of, what's up in China, man? What are these people doing over there? You know, they closed the NBA. Yeah, the NBA and the Final Four, and March Madness, all that stuff was, was going to happen without uh, fans, and now they're canceling all kinds of sporting events. And so that puts a major damper on American life. And so there's going to be some changes, and there's going to be some things that, that out of a, uh, an abundance of caution, we'll say, some actions that we're going to take. And some people aren't going to agree with these actions. They're going to... They're not going to agree with these actions. Instead, they're going to bitch and moan about... Okay, back to the podcast. I had to run into my uh, favorite Mennonite market, R&J Farmer's Market. And uh, get some items there. Fill up the cupboard. So I want to apologize for barking on my girl, Momi. She's a sweetheart. She probably just wants to be on the podcast. She'd be my best guest ever. I go everywhere with this dog if I can. She gets a little anxious, of course. She wants to run like a fool and go to the creek. But last week, this time, when we went to the creek, she was so enthusiastic about jumping into the brook and uh, retrieving sticks that she came out and was limping for a day. And I'm feeling like a dope here. I encourage her. She tears ass down across the meadow and then down the bank and into the water, kind of blindly, just like emotionally. She's just so riled up for all the right reasons that she tears ass into the water or retrieves a stick, and then she was walking on three limbs. Her 
her left hind leg was looked like it was hurting. Fortunately, it just seemed to be a sore toe or a pad or whatever they have. So, there's that. But anyway, Mommy Bia, sorry for scolding her. Sometimes when she barks like that, it's like she's yelling at me and I yell back at her. And that's, that's I'm not trying to be like that. But I'm only human, right? So, uh, get back to the coronavirus. Uh, obviously, it's the term. Mom, keep it down, babe. It's like the number one term that people are utilizing, phrase, and news. It's all over. So it's everywhere. So talk about viral, which it is, the coronavirus. It the virus that is spreading is more than just this critter. The critter doesn't even know we exist, you know, because it spreads around. But it, it's gone viral. It's on our minds. It's putting us on our heels. And I agree with people who say, well, we shouldn't let it do that and we shouldn't be worried just for the sake of worrying. And so um, I'm all for cooler heads prevail. But I'm also all for exercising caution. There was this uh, something about bending the curve downward or something like that. There's a nice graphic that I saw. Basically, it demonstrates if we take these precautions as learned, as observed in other um, spread of other viruses and pandemics across the world, if we institute hand washing and close some schools and, and take precautions in terms of social distancing, then this can be easier on us. So in other words, this invisible enemy, it's coming. It's marching towards us. It doesn't even know, you know, we know it's coming, but I'm not so sure that it even knows what it's doing. It's just living and perpetuating, just like all most organisms on this earth, we, they try to do. And now humans, we've been very adept, been very successful at um, doing the same thing, at duplicating ourselves, at perpetuating our species, our seed, and we've got a huge footprint on this planet, and a lot of the issues uh, of the, you know, the day in, day out involve wow, we're so, such a dominant force, look how we're treating the earth, look at the, you know, the effects of our footprint, uh, climate change, you know, et cetera, et cetera. How do we feed all these people? How do we provide health care? Um, what is the best way to, to live on this planet? How, what happens when, um, rather than 8 billion people on this earth, there would be 13 billion you know, or more. You know, so what happens? What? How can we remain on this earth? And you know, the thing about geologic time and the things that have happened. You might have read about great extinctions and things like that. Which hopefully that's not what we're looking at. But you know, an asteroid could fucking rock from outer space could 
plummet to earth and cause all kinds of huge dust cloud and huge fallout and obscure the sun and crops don't grow and disrupts the entire world. That could happen, you know. Uh, volcanic activity, super volcano under uh, Yellowstone. They would talk about that sometimes, how if that were to go, that could cause all kinds of, you know, apocalyptic scenarios. And what happens? What the, 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 the question is, how do humans react when the shit hits the fan? Because uh, we talk a lot about preparedness and how we're ready for anything. We've got the best of this and best military, best healthcare system, best trade, most best economy. Um, and Trump constantly reminds us of those things. But how are we going to behave? How are we going to ultimately respond to this uh, this villain, this this virus, viral villain that doesn't even has it doesn't have anything against us. It's not like it has this you know intellect to say oh, I'm going to go destroy the human species. But we are a good host, apparently. So it just comes around and gets stuck in our naso and oropharynx, clogs things up, fucks with our lungs, gives us pneumonia. Or you might have a fucking little cough and a mild fever for a day. So these are things to consider. The impact that it's going to have on us and how we're going to behave, how we're going to react, what are the things that we should do, how alarmed should we be. There's, As I mentioned before, there's a lot of people who prefer to thumb their nose at situations like this. And they just are convinced that it's not going to be a big deal and everybody's blowing out of proportion and maybe we are. You know, maybe, maybe the media is spinning this up into a frenzy. It's obviously something to talk about. Uh, there's a Tool song that I'll pick up later and try to interject. I forget the name of it, but... Um, hell's the name of that song. It says something to the effect of, we like to watch things die from a distance vicariously I live while the whole world dies. Ooh, there you go. It's called vicarious. We like to watch things die from a distance vicariously I live while the whole world dies. We all feel the same, don't lie. Great song, right? For these times. People like that. You know, we like to we'll say we don't like to watch the news. And um, I mean, I don't. I'm not interested in drama or any of that bullshit. But a lot of people, they like that soap opera um, culture. They like to watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette and they like to watch, they like to know what J-Lo's up to and they like to hear controversy, what's happening and go back and forth with it. You know, let's mention soap operas. Rockin' General Hospital, they had it nailed you know, and company, they had it nailed down for many, many years where freaking man, woman, and child were sitting in front of the TV in their spare time watching these shows 
and um, if you thought that you you know somebody was strange for for doing that, and you ever had to happen to sit next to them and watch some of the shit, you actually got to know the characters and got to become familiar with the situation. You're like, oh, what's going on here? You like, it, you get glued to it. Hold on one second. I'm sorry, I'm all disjointed with this podcast. I had to pause it a couple times. Unload my freaking groceries from uh, R&J Farmer's Market. Get my dog out to take a dump. Mommy, go lay down. Good girl. So, so yeah, this is a, um, it's obviously a very crazy time right now. Trying to put in perspective, everybody's got their opinion, and that's fine. All right? We're all entitled to our opinion. We're all have our various realities. But as Americans, we've had it pretty good for a very long time. Given our advancement in medicine, technology, science, um, infrastructure, you name it, we can bitch. But on our worst day, we've got it better than a lot of people the world over. We're fortunate. We also have our heads in the sand about the way the rest of the world lives. So there can tend to be a little bit like, how is this going to affect me and mine? You know, people definitely look um, to the market, what's happening on Wall Street or my investment, what's my 401k looking like? And that's the truth. You know, it's, it's, uh, now's the time to buy, I guess, right? But everybody's concerned if they look at their investments and they see it going down and down. I think the market dropped 5% or something like that after Trump's speech, maybe more by now. I'm reluctant to uh, to really watch and get the math on that. So I'll stick my own head in the sand about that for now. But my point is we are a little naive in some ways. We assume that things aren't going to happen to us. Not in my community, so it's not going to be here. It's not going to be a reality for me. When it's a reality for me, then I'll worry about it. And that's just human nature. Uh, similar to the way we would react if we were cave people, you know, what's, oh, well, there's a, a volcano uh, on our property. Well, fucking, or dinosaurs in my neighborhood. Oh, there's no dinosaurs over here, though. We're pretty good over here. Yeah, no issues. We're lucky, I guess. Good luck with that, you know. Take that to mean, you know, by analogy, uh, people would look at the headlines on the world, say, oh, this is happening in China. Well, that's so far away. And it could never happen here. People in China, they eat bats. They live real close together. They're dirty people. They're different than us. Italians, well, they're guineas. And, uh, you know, they don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom. And, you know, they, they knew that something like this was coming and that they're not prepared for. And they, they have universal health care and they're a bunch of shitbirds and chow bella. All that stuff. But, you know, a lot of us are immigrants from these countries that have been affected. So, um, anyway, the question is, is the coronavirus arriving at friggin' Main Street USA and what are the implications going to be? Now, I'm 
an optimist and I like to try to find the, the bright side of this situation. And I'm not, again, I'm not panicking, but I am informed. And I think that there's a lot of people out there, people in my neighborhood, people uh, my, that are my friends that I love very much, no disrespect to them, but they're listening to their gut and they're not using their frickin' cerebrum, all right? That's not a big deal. It's not as bad as the flu. It's also it depends upon the sort of news that you watch. If you watch a lot of right-wing stuff, I hate to say it, you know, but it is a partisan thing. You know, the right wing thinks that this is a bunch of bullshit and uh, we shouldn't get be too concerned about it. And this isn't the third world and we're all going to be fine. Now, the left wing, of course, they stereotypically feel that um, this is an emergency and the chicken little the sky is falling. Truth is usually somewhere in the middle, I've found, and I believe, and that's how I've lived. I've always tried to find the middle of a situation. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take care of my responsibilities. As stated, you know, I should be just getting out of class right now, teaching my face-to-face -face anatomy. I'm going to do that online. I'm going to do some more online teaching. I'm going to go in the office this afternoon. I'm going to take care of the house here and some errands so that when the rest of my family come home, they can relax and, you know, after a long day. Yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out, but it's obviously unfolding in front of us. We've got school closures. We've got school closures in consideration. I was just at the store. There were people that were a little bit less warm. Um, they were, you know, I went to the drop-off uh, physical for my son's track participation, and I went into the, when they, when they let me in, when they buzzed me into the, the uh, office at the school, I said, this is for Sam Ober's track participation. It was an envelope with a bunch of forms from his pediatrician and stuff. The lady looked at me. She goes, all right, just leave that here. Just leave that on the desktop uh, on the table here, and I'll get that to him. You're good. And she kind of like, you could tell that she was trying to limit her interactions with people, right? Because she's at school, and there's people coming and going all day long, and what are they carrying? Or do they have a little secret friend that they just drop off the coronavirus. So it's going to change the way we interact with people. I'm a big hugger. I'm a big handshaker. Um, I treat patients all day long. So I've had, I had 21 encounters yesterday and I was inside their personal space, working on their back, skin on skin. Flip over now. Now take a deep breath. Exhale. Boom. Come in this room, you know. <sighs> Lay on heat for 10 minutes. Okay, make another appointment. See you next time. So it's great work. I love it, as I've stated time and again. But we're all out there in this world. Uh, we have to contend with this situation. I've got a friend who I care very much about thinks it's a joke. You know, everything's a joke about it. I got to listen. I, a guy that I, I love very much, or I love him, but I, I, he's a good friend. He, uh, he posted something on Facebook before. It was like, oh yeah, you know, if you want to be scared, if it makes you feel better to be a, afraid, then go ahead. And this is not going to affect you at all. And 
the guy's in business, he's in real estate, right? And I think he's frustrated that people are being very wary and cautious and we're gonna see uh, a decline in commerce. You know, houses aren't gonna be selling, people aren't gonna be coming to your open house as much. And I hope I'm wrong, but um, I know people and people are, I have a feel for it. People are, are very concerned about this this pandemic, what has been declared a pandemic by the WHO. <clears throat> and uh, somebody commented on this dude's post and said, oh, I thought you were talking about, you know, uh, I wish there was more compassion about it. And they're like, compassion for what? So people don't get it. They don't, they don't, they're thinking about themselves and their immediate reality. They're thinking about their stuff and their work and their lives, and they don't want that to be disruptive. Well, fucking neither do the rest of us, man. Okay? But you can't say Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice and expect the problem to go away. The science behind this is that this has spread across the fucking world. Tom Hanks and his wife came out as having contracted it. doesn't mean that they're going to meet an untimely end, but there is a potential risk for that. You know, I've got a 90-year-old grandma who we're having a, we're supposed to have a, a celebration for of her life this weekend. We've got people coming in from all points. Should we have that? You know, I talked to somebody yesterday. She's got her, her loved one is in a rehab, a, a physical rehab. Has been for months. They're not allowing visitors. Because this is very deadly to the elderly population and immune-compromised immune people. I have many, many friends in healthcare, nurses, doctors, etc. You know, and me to a lesser extent, because it's not emergency medicine, people aren't coming to my office with shortness of breath, typically. But, so I see mostly healthy people. But the incubation period is, what, five days, something like that, a week? Could be run to sick people all the time or people who have been exposed to this critter. And we do all the time run into new bacteria, new people. This morning I had a dishwasher delivered to the house and these two guys, I don't know, they sounded like they might have come from the Eastern Bloc or something. Um, and as they dropped off the, uh, as I signed their clipboard as having the product having been delivered, I was thinking, hmm. I wonder where these guys are from. I wonder where they've been. Did they just come back from, you know, vacation of their home country and with their funny accents. This is the sort of shit that makes us uh, distrustful of one another. And I'm not even that type of person. But you get that. As I said earlier, my son, he came home from school last night. He's like, what's up with these Chinese people? And I was like, oh, I can't believe you'd say that, bro. But then I thought, well... They did eat the bats. Somebody ate a fucking bat. They do, uh, there are kinds of medicines over there where they're killing rhinos and buying ground up rhino horns and stuff like that. These are stereotypes. There's some people in these countries that, uh, that could potential, potentially be, have caused this problem. Um, but, uh, 
So it's going to change the way we regard one another. We've come so long and some a long way in terms of human rights and the way we treat people and racism and all that stuff, trying to make uh, progress for the positive in those areas. But uh, when something like this happens and it's an invisible critter you can't see and you're in, sitting in class and somebody sneezes, you take that a little bit more seriously now, right? When somebody's got a cough. Oh, that doesn't sound good. You okay? You've been checked out? <laughs> you know? Uh, has been a while, but I remember the movie 12 Monkeys. It was something like this. There was like a weaponized um, virus and some guy like opened up a test tube. He was flying and he opened up this little canister and or the TSA told him to open it up and he opened it up and and released the virus right there, you know, and then he closed it back up anyway. And he was all fucking smile, creepy smile on his face because he spread this horrible critter. I hope, you know, just spitballing at this point, but positive news is that people, this is an opportunity, I think, for people to really take stock of what we have in this world. You know, the houses in on the hill, the, um, the fancy cars, the vacations, you know, the Amazon boxes on the stoop. These are things that have been part of our society for quite a while, and we've got it really, really good. And we need to be thankful for that, but not complacent. Um, because these the, the stuff is not what life is all about, you know. And it all could end tomorrow. Everybody's mother, certainly mine, said, you know, here they gone tomorrow. You have to count your blessings, you know, be thankful for what you have. Because you don't know what tomorrow may bring. And that's the truth. So we got to eke the best we can out of every day. And be good to one another. And we're going to be tested in that regard during this pandemic. How is it going to affect us? And what is it going to do to what impact is it going to have on our life and our work and our family and our schools? And um, it, But it's an, also an opportunity. The virus is going, to be, is going to come and go at some point, hopefully. Uh, my sources say a uh, period of months. That this is going to go through and then it'll be gone and then there'll be reinfections and stuff like that and, and ongoing problems and then it'll just kind of vanish and it might rear its head back again, you know, or the next one, right? So if microbiology was and had been neglected at all recently, virology, uh, the biome, all that stuff, that shit's going to, research is going to have plenty of funding hereafter and we're going to have vaccines at the ready and supplies and for the contingency, right? Because how crazy is it that we here we are killing one another, you know, pointing fingers and we're going to go get you guys and drop bombs or missiles and all that shit. Human beings will do that to one another and the animal world and the oceans, etc., etc. We cause a lot of um, harm uh, in efforts to try to protect our own um stuff and our own lives and to um, to have the best possible scenario for for where we live and our people and our country etc but there are 
things out there, we call, call it the universe. There are things out there that we don't even know. They're faceless critters that could become pathogenic and you know, create a problem like this. It's happened before. We've all heard of uh, smallpox and the bubonic plague and uh, malaria and so on and so forth. And there's a lot of critters, uh, parasites, viruses, bacteria that, um, that can kill us or cause a lot of morbidity and mortality, disease and death. And nobody wants that. And we hope that that's not this. And we're not saying that it's, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of good information out there now about what this critter is and how we can, what it, we, we've seen what it's done to other countries. And the question is, will that happen here? And, but what can we do? And the probability is good that it, that it does particularly in the cities, areas where people live close together. Um, how can we minimize its impact on our lives, on our work, on our commerce, on our families? And um, live to fight another day. You know, Try to find some degree of normalcy again. As I look and I, to my left and I see my big screen TV and a dishwasher that's ready to be installed and, you know, got a good life and I'm, I want to keep it, and, but I'm not, not at the expense of the rest of the world and the community. None of this shit really matters. You know, the, the most precious things in this house is my family and our health and happiness and, and my wider friends and family who... I care very much for, and it matters to me. You know, I got friends who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. A lot of my patients are. Statistically, they're sitting ducks for this sort of thing. I have friends who are pregnant. got a woman who's got a little toddler, a uh, little baby crying in the background, new patient coming in tonight. She's hurting her back hurts. Well, you know, she's also potentially at risk for this. got my students who I teach, who uh, are future nurses. And they're all going to be, you know, in the trenches dealing with this, maybe working at a hospital. They can't leave. they got to go do their job and expose themselves to patients that, who have some of the worst uh, forms of this coronavirus and try to help these people. And then they got to go home and, you know, take care of their kids and et cetera. How do you do that? What if they get sick, you know? So um, I have a lot of skin in the game. And in terms of humans, human capital, people that I care about, that I think about, and my antennae are up about the way this could affect their lives. My parents, who are getting old and have had some health concerns. My patients, many of whom are old and who have health concerns. You know, my community, the way that people have been divided in this country for quite some time, 
and the potential for this to divide us more. That's a fucking bummer, man. That's a bummer. That's going to be one of the worst things. Because, you know, people. some people will get sick. Some people will die. Some people will get a little friggin' sniffle and sneeze and, and, and they'll be fine. It won't affect them. And hopefully it's, you know, doesn't affect anybody. That's highly unlikely. Um, how are we going to treat one another, though? I think no doubt this has the potential to bring out the worst in a lot of people in the human condition, essentially. Because, once again, we've been spoiled, really. We have, it's amazing how we have complaints as human beings. Americans, you know, we'll bitch and moan. We'll find something to complain about, whether it's our, polit- our least favorite politician or who's going to, who should win an election or, um, you know, traffic or wor- work-related stress or spousal issues or whatever. You know, we, there are plenty of things that we bitch and moan about, stupid shit by comparison. Well, now we've got a potential situation. And the things that used to, we used to give no thought to, like our general health and um, the health of our community, it's going to be on our mind more and more. So, but on a positive note, this is an opportunity for us to prevent that from happening. To be kind to one another during, while we're dealing with this thing. To be uh, empathetic. Try to feel other people's pain, even if you're doing okay. You see, you might, you're going to know somebody who's hurting, who's got issues. Um, this will affect their life, their health, their work. Um, be sensitive to that and help them however you can. And then we can emerge on the far side of this thing, um, which, you know, we'll get through. No, we're going to get through it, no problem. But some people are going to be affected more than others. So let's, let's do this as gracefully as we possibly can. Uh, be sensitive to what other people have going on and try not to be assholes to one another. Just my thoughts. I, I got plenty more to talk. We could talk about this all day. That's one of the longest podcasts I've ever done. I hope it made sense. And again, I apologize for the intermissions when my dog was panting and snorting and sneezing and whining. Right, Momer? We'll have some lunch. I love you, baby. Love you guys, too. Huh!